Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. It is my pleasure to bring you the third female guest of the podcast, and one that will probably put my delts to shame if you were to look her up. Um, for those of you that know, I had on Joe Parrish on episode number nine. Now, unfortunately, Joe couldn't come on today um, to talk about himself again, uh, but hey, we've went one better and we have a member of his team. So, she needs no introduction, it is the one and only Carly, how are we doing? I'm good, thank you. I was wondering how you were going to introduce me to this, so I was listening to your, a couple of your podcasts, I was like, oh, where's going to go with that? It, it always de- very special. It always <laughs> depends on how well I know them, so so with Joe, yeah. I, I mean, I have always called him Nancy Boy, um, and, and always ripped into him, so I give him a good intro, but for yourself, I thought, I'm, I'm maybe not, maybe can't rip into you that much there, I'm sure I will as the podcast goes on, but um, yeah. listen, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on, um, it's something that I saw your Instagram post I think it was last week or the week before and instantly thought we've got to do an episode on this so for those that don't know um, today's episode will all be about the menstrual cycle and the effects of perhaps um, you know post dieting its ability to not be around or to be infrequent or perhaps in your case not be around for a very very long time so I'm going to shut up for a wee while and I want you to tell the listeners, if you can, just a brief history about yourself, um, you know, your bodybuilding career, uh, your coaching, um, but then if you give us a little insight to the topic of today's podcast, that would be fab. Yeah, okay, thanks for that. Yeah, so I'll just start with um, kind of who I am in general and how things came about. So I started coaching um through Joe was my coach and then he wanted to expand the business so he took me on as a coach I think we're looking back now three years and so before that I was just some crazy daft fitness instructor (laughs) loved to jump around and I lifted a little bit of weight if I kind of just dabbled in the weight section for quite some time and did a lot of kind of different challenges like run half marathons marathons a cycle event you know I've always been someone who likes a challenge and always was really um into kind of female fitness and bodybuilding and stuff and I actually got really passionate about that from Carly Thornton years and years ago when she was on like bodybuilding.com and Jamie Eason and I just really used to understand how these people could obtain those physiques eating you know those amount of calories because I well, it came from quite a restrictive background um, and it was always something that interest, interested me but I never thought that I would be worthy or capable of ever achieving anything like that. So if you had said to me like 10 years ago that I would be like stepped on bodybuilding stages on the BNBF and you know came first on those two occasions, went to the British finals, you know I'd have laughed in your face basically, like I would have never thought that would be possible. Um, so yeah, I started coaching with Joe probably like 2015 and um, because I decided that I wanted to step on stage I was doing going through a lot of nutritional qualifications but personally I just couldn't get to where I wanted to get to from a caloric standpoint I had a lot of barriers a lot of restrictive nature there was a lot of fear and um, so I thought you know I had to kind of reach out and have some support and guidance to take me through that plus my training age wasn't you know where it needed to be I wasn't really that evolved in the gym and it kind of just grew arms and legs from there. And here I am now. I work with females um, on, you know, predominantly females, some males as well, on you know, body composition goals. I take ladies through like finished um, goals of whatever type that looks like and give them confidence and a knowledge in the gym, nutrition, take photo shoots, um, that kind of kind of good stuff. And I help them a lot with like kind of lifestyle and mindset things. Uh, and yeah, in a nutshell, that's basically how it how it all came about and that's where I'm at. Yeah, I love that. Now, what I'm going to ask you, I know that we've got a sort of topic here, before we get into it, what's Joe like mm-hmm. as a coach? Oh, like, I'm so lucky and I'm so glad that I went to, to Joe and no one else, to be honest, because he just, he just gets you, like he gets everything. Like I don't coach with him now personally, um, I came away from coaching, um, but um, he just... He delivers things in such a concise way and he's so understanding and he's always like incredibly knowledgeable that you just like he's the kind of person you would go for coaching and never come away from. 
Yeah. Like, I just came away from it for numerous reasons, but I still very much speak to him about loads of things that even though he's not my coach, um, I was really close with him and work with him alongside the business. But, yeah, like, you just, you couldn't ask for anything better, to be honest. I always sort of describe him as the Optimus Prime. Oh, my God. Yeah, I love that. You know, like, he's the guy that he says something and he just goes... Fuck! I just want to fucking like train with that guy or lift with them or you know like get you fired up. Um, he does. Maybe... Like we come off business meetings with him, and I'm just like fuck. Like my mind's blown. Like I have to go for a lie. I feel like I have to go for a lie down, like a nap. I'm just like, <laughs> like you're so fired up, but it's like I just don't know how someone has that natural ability to describe things so well, get you going so well. Like he's just like that's how he's been so successful. Yeah, yeah. It's why it's why he is the way he is and uh, I'm actually having dinner with him next Thursday and I bet you I'll be the same because the, the podcast recording that we did we actually spent oh, an, a, we, we spent an, we spent an hour off that podcast speaking about speaking about business and like I still remember coming off that just mind blown um, but anyway less about less about Joe and more about yourself so I think first off I'm going to say congratulations because you got your first period in 10 years last yeah. year right <laughs> Right now, it's such a strange one because so many people have been like, "Oh, congratulations!" Like, did you yeah. ever think you'd ever be congratulating someone on that? Like, genuinely, like when I went in Morrison that morning to buy tampons, I was so buzzing. Yeah, I, I was laughing at um, you're doing a boomerang. Are you shaking yeah, your bum? Right. <laughs> yeah, you've got, so got a tampon yeah, in the air. <laughs> I elaborate on that a little bit, so because people will be like, "What the heck?" So, yeah, so basically, I came off the pill. 10 years ago so I got put on the pill when I was uh, a teenager because I had really regular cycles and that was just the dumb thing that doctors did and it's actually shouldn't something that, from my research now is shouldn't be happening because you actually take something like up to 12 years to actually get into a natural cycle and a lot of the cycles that you get at a young age aren't actually a true um, period you can have a lot of I can never say the word anovoluntary cycles which is where it's uh, there's not been an ovulation cycle, but there has been menstruation. So anyway, um, you can you know it takes such a long time for your period to actually regulate. So that being said, I was on the pill for a long time. Decided to come off that because it just you know it didn't really sit well with me. I didn't need to be on it. I thought I've been on it for a significantly long time. So yeah, I'll come off it and just yeah, like like hormone hormones kind of settle down. And then I never got a cycle for a long time went to the doctors and this was after a year and a half of me coming off the pill and um had like they were just like yeah this can happen but it should have came back you know within kind of six months so they took blood work and things and they didn't give me what my blood work was you know i wasn't you know knowledge like in any kind of realm of knowledge of what blood work would look like anyway so they were just like, well, we can't do anything about it anyway. You know, it's probably just the fact that you're exercising and this and that. And I was exercising quite a lot at the time. I was doing a lot of kind of intensive classes. Um, I had started doing like different diets and things. So over the years, I had, you could name a diet and I've probably done it. <laughs> <To be laughs> We've all been honest. there. I went through like I read the book of uh, the South Beach diet, so I remember thinking that carbs were the devil. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I wasn't like to bring you were meant to like bring your keep your every serving of food that you had every meal was to be like under six grams of sugar. I'm sure it was. Oh fuck so, that! So like you can imagine how restrictive that was. But that was just it worked. Like of course it worked. Like I just like eliminated a full food group. But I obviously thought that that was so superior to anything because I got such a good result. You know, I got significantly lean. So this probably explains uh, why there was no menstrual cycle. Well, it definitely will when you team. Um, so basically, again to just kind of go off a little bit there. Like for anybody who doesn't know what hypothalamic amenorrhea is, it's basically the, the loss of your menstrual cycle. Um, there can be numerous reasons for this, but naturally it's kind of when you team up. You know overexertion of exercise you know, especially when it's you know, in a, done in a strenuous environment um, but it doesn't need to just be from that obviously there'll be like there can be calorie restriction that can cause it in itself um, you know you'll see obviously like a lot of people with eating disorders and things you know they won't have like a menstrual cycle or just someone who like what we work with in general our general kind of day-to-day jobs you know people that do go through like competition preps compet- and maybe just get significantly photo shoots or just for life goals whatever and um, that actually 
you're taking your body to an extreme state. And if that's not managed accordingly um, off the back of that, then again, you're going to see you know, the loss or the prevention of a menstrual cycle coming back. Um, so, you know, eating behaviours, things like that will really, really determine that. Um, so these are all things that will kind of cause the hypothalamus to suppress the like your reproduction. Obviously, your body is also equally not in a state where your body wants to reproduce. It's not got the energy available for that. So, again, another reason why not to, to have a menstrual cycle. And then a lot of symptoms that you'll uh, feel um, through the loss of a menstrual cycle would be like feeling cold all the time. Like that's obviously massive when it comes to you know severe calorie restriction and being really really lean. Um, a lot of stress. Um, like you'll probably find that you wake up um, a lot during the night. Might wake up and start your day you know really really early. That was something I certainly went through. You can be affected with poor digestion. Um, it can affect your bone density massively as well. That's something, you know, I was, um, I'm waiting on getting a DEXA scan done. Um, but again, I, I don't even know that I want to go for it because I don't, I don't think it would affect me significantly anyway because I do weight train and eat a lot of protein. I take vitamin D, I have a lot of sunlight as well from like my general day-to-day life and walks and stuff. Um, but it's still something for other people to be aware of. These are symptoms that can be reversed anyway, which is positive. Uh, you can suffer from like having really brittle hair and nails. Uh, a lot of people will say that you lost um, hair as well throughout that process. Then no libido, like so no sex drive um, or any kind of lubrication in that area as well. Um, what else? I'm sure there's a couple of other things. And like feeling really anxious and depressed um, is a massive, massive part. And that's something that really took effect to me at the back end of last year. And it was a really, really tough and dark time. So in a nutshell, that's what happens when you have hypothalamic amenorrhea, which we're going to shorten down to HA because it's just so much easier. <laughs> yeah, oh, to- yeah, totally. Now, what I would say is that you mentioned that you went to a, a dark place and in that time frame, you know, we spoke on the phone off this podcast uh, for those of you listening. Um, in that time frame, you said you'd sort of went back and forth to the doctors and you'd kind of felt like you'd been fobbed off as such. Now, that's not the first time I've I've heard that from clients, current clients, previous clients, and it's so fucking frustrating when they're like, oh well, the reason that they didn't uh, do further tests is because I'm not over the age of thirty five and I'm not trying to have kids, so I just left it. But what you just said was that it made you go to a dark place. The fact that it could, that you can kind of couldn't come back. So with this being such a a common issue. And I'm sure perhaps post-show, post-prep for some females listening, they are maybe perhaps in the same shoes as you. Now, if you just take yourself back to that mental state where you were a year and a half ago, how did you kind of overcome those barriers? And you mentioned to me that there was a lot of sort of education on your own. So I just wanted you to, to just offer a little bit of advice to a female out there that's listening Who's thinking, right, Carly? I'm, I'm you. I, I've got all those symptoms, or uh, you know, I, I think maybe perhaps I've, I've not got a period. So, um, how could they maybe start the process of learning to ultimately look to trying to get that back? Based on your yeah, experience. I've got a few directions that I want to take that because I can, I can split them up a little bit. So, firstly, when you said about the kind of doctors fold me off, this happened. Obviously, over the spell of this 10 years of me, well, since I first went to the doctors, like a year and a half after losing my cycle, like, since I knew that I lost my cycle. Because firstly, as well, just to elaborate on that, if you are taking any kind of contraceptive that is hormonal, that is also going to uh, promote and potentially mask any issues if you had issues. So I don't know how long I had issues with the menstrual cycle for, because when you are on any kind of birth control, Obviously, it's synthetic hormones that are you are being given, so you will still have what you would think is a period, but you can't. We're not going to call it a period. It's what we would class a withdrawal bleed, because um, it mimics the cycle. And um, so, I don't know how long I had problems with my menstrual cycle for until I became aware of it from coming off the pill. And then, since going to the doctors, I basically the first time that I went, I got my bloods done, etc., and they were just like, "Yeah, we can't really do nothing because you're not looking for children. You're of a healthy BMI, blah blah blah." BMI is not a, is not a something that can be affect. Like obviously, BM, low BMI, you're expecting to have problems with reproduction. 
but for some reason the doctors put that on everything and it's yeah. you can still have a healthy body weight and still be suffering from HE. So that's absolutely irrelevant in my view. Um, but then I got a letter. So my doctor had written to the gynecologist and the gynecologist basically just wrote back and said that um, I shouldn't leave it too late to try for children because they don't know what the problem is. So my doctor basically sent that out in a letter. And I mean, at this point, obviously, I wasn't trying for children, but that still freaked me out because it wasn't sitting well with me anyway. So I went back to the doctors and a different doctor, it was a male doctor, and not that that would matter anyway, but he just basically looked at me like I was stupid and was just like, well, you're not trying for children, you're not having a period, what's the problem? As if like, yeah, well, this should be a good thing. It was genuinely like that, so I was mind blown. I was like, I just came away from it and I was like, obviously really, really infuriated, but also just pretty gutted and just went on about my daily business as normal because I didn't know what to do about it and I wasn't in a place that, you know, I wasn't trying for children. So time went on anyway, and um, I finally went back to the doctor in 2016. I had prepped at this point, um, so I thought, well, you know, I should maybe start looking into this because I've still not had a cycle. And now, then following from that prep, my body fat levels came back to kind of normal regions. You know, I didn't feel really bad um, side effects. Like at that point, you know, I never really had a great like sex drive or anything, but I wasn't other than when I was also on PrEP when I was getting the symptoms of being cold and stuff, but that was, you know, you're going to expect that from PrEP anyway. Yeah. Um, so I felt pretty fine at the same time. I felt pretty normal. Um, they, I went to the gynecologist, got checked for like PCOS and things like that, um, but they wanted to give me, they gave me the Provera Challenge, it's called, basically, and what that does is it's to check how, if you get a bleed after, so you take this tablet for like 10 days, and then you're meant to then get a cycle um, or some sort of bleeding afterwards and I didn't get that so they still just didn't tell me the reason for giving me that they didn't you know talk to me about it but having done my research since that basically means if you do get some bleeding afterwards that can mean that you're not like too deep into HA but as I didn't it meant I was pretty deep into HA right so I got tested for PCOS, did that challenge, and because I then wasn't trying for fertility, they didn't want to, They wanted to basically give me a tablet to bring on an ovulation cycle and start the fertility treatments. And it was like, well, no, I just want to fix my period. Like, I don't want to have a baby. Yeah, so yeah. it was just like, it's always like a band-aid. They tried to put me on birth control as well at one point to fix, bring me in like a mimic cycle. So it's basically, they just always want to give you like a band-aid. But to me, just none of that sat well with me. I didn't understand this. I don't want this. Like, I want a natural, healthy cycle. So I had taken it from that point of view. It was like, right, okay, what do I do here? At that point, I decided I, want, I knew that I wanted to do another competition, and I didn't know how long it was going to take to recover my cycle. So it was—I feel like it was maybe a little bit irresponsible of me to go into another prep, having not fixed this, the problem. But I wasn't educated enough at the time to know better. Um, I hadn't researched it enough. So we decided, I decided that I just, you know, I wanted to do another prep because I didn't know if I'd get the opportunity to do it again, given that I knew that I'd have to go through quite a hard kind of cycle to get it back. So anyway, I prepped um, in uh, 2018, obviously it was really successful, and I got significantly leaner in that prep. Um, now, this is where I'll kind of stem into where you were saying about how that affected me from a mental standpoint. Um, I had a great prep, the first prep, getting to the BNBF was... It was like night and day from my first prep. You know, I handled it so well. I was the leanest I'd ever been. You know, I stepped on stage and it was like such a great lineup of girls. I couldn't, you know, believe that I was, you know, I'd won. So I was totally buzzing. Yeah, you looked sick. I wanted to go to British. <laughs> Sorry. I said you looked sick. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it was like a really competitive, good competitive season. However, um, moving on from that, I started to feel just something wasn't right. Um, I didn't feel good, I know, and naturally, you know, you're accumulating a lot of fatigue, you know, you've been, this, going from the Scottish to the British is tough, because the Scottish shows are always, like, say, June, and the British finals is, like, October, so it's a long time for you to maintain that condition, so, from, I got my bloods taken, and my estrogen was undetectable in the NHS's ranges, however, wow. they tried to sign them off as being okay, so I was pretty pissed off That's so nuts. yeah I the doctors take my blood work and they were like we've si- they've been signed off I was like well they should be signed off and they, they basically thought I was being stupid and I was like no I'd like for someone to, to be back in touch to give me my blood work so someone got back in touch 
and the doctor basically questioned why I was calling for my results, like as if it was wrong for me to ask for my own blood work. And I was like, I just really want my own blood work. Like, I just want to know what my numbers are. And she was like, you going private or something? I says, potentially. I says, I just want to know my blood work. So anyway, she was couldn't believe it because then she realised that she just sounded like an asshole because she was questioning me. And then she was like, none of this should have been signed off. So basically, like, all my reproductive hormones were through the floor. Estrogen was off the chart. Luteinizing hormone was low. FSH was off the charts. Low. Progesterone was low. Um, and yeah so basically like they were in the gutters and I knew that anyway because it was natural like I would be you know lean for a long time so that would be expected but I just didn't feel right and I would remember at six weeks out from the British phoning Joe screaming my heart out because I just didn't want to go on anymore I just was I just felt horrific yeah and then it was that way it was like he demanded that like I take like a bit of a kind of diet break take my feet off the gas like and just chill out for that week and basically just rest and try and get things back in a good place before making that decision because it was either like I quit at six weeks out, which I probably would have regretted because then it would always be that what if. Um, but then equally, I just felt terrible. So it was that way. I just didn't know what to do. So Joe was like, right, let's give it a week and let's talk, let's talk about it some more once you've kind of had some time to digest it and make a sound decision because right now you're not you can't be rational on yourself so that was like true so I decided to with him and my partner um, they kind of were like you can't quit now like you're going to regret this and I'm really stubborn so it was that way like I probably would have regretted it (laughs) so yeah so I can I managed to turn it around and keep going I wasn't as into it as I was before given the circumstances and given the fact that just really 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 was struggling um but I still you know went in did my workouts got my cardio done you know still ticked the boxes every single day I just knew that my it wasn't like the fire in my belly that it should have been like it was to the Scottish um and then coming off of stage from the British I expected to just come back out of it reverse out of it start to feel good again blah 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 and started reversing dieting and then a few weeks later, crashed and burned. It was like, I took on an extra class. I was still teaching Les Mills classes at the time. Yeah. So I covered a class for someone. I got my calories back up to put in a deeper, like a better place. My body composition was slowly like coming back. But um, I don't know what happened that week. But yeah, the accumulation of fatigue or whatever, the extra output expenditure, the extra intensity. And I just crashed and burned. And it was that, it was from then on that I felt this horrible, like it was that horrible hormonal feeling. It was never just like a, you know, when you just feel a bit crappy, you just feel a bit low. It was like I felt like depressed and low and anxious. The anxiety was ripping out of me. It was horrible. And I just knew it was hormonal. You know, when you just feel hormonal. So, anyway, I got like blood work done through Medichecks. My stream was like really, really low. Um, and then I started kind of trying to like get calories back up from that. But to be honest, I probably like didn't do myself any favours at that time because I was trying to toy between the two. Like I knew that I had to get my hair sorted out, but I couldn't accept what I had to do. Like I couldn't take my foot off the gas. Like I wanted to keep pushing and it's what so many competitors do and they screw up the reverse diets as a result of that or they just don't they keep, you know, that fatigue doesn't, you know, prevail itself. So yeah, the the back end of last year I just felt really, really low and I just felt numb, like I get so excited about Christmas, like, I'm, like, buzzing for Christmas. <laughs> like, I'm so, like, the, I'm, like, the festive little annoying person in the gym. And I just had nothing. Like, I was trying to put it on and, like, listening to Christmas tunes, trying to get excited. And I was just like, this is so strange. I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't. I've never really felt like that. Like, I started out into fitness because I had a lot of, like, family history and a lot of horrible, like, things in the background. And it was something that helped. And I crossed that barrier from where exercise was good and fulfilling and made you feel good to where it like, just made me feel 10 times worse because I'd pushed the boundaries too much and I hadn't taken a step back. And um, so finally, because I was doing all my own research, I read the book on No Period Now What? And that's a book by Dr. Nicola Rinaldi. And she, they also have like a Facebook community group. And um, so I joined that. And could some I, of the advice on Can I interrupt on, you? there and yeah. I was going to interrupt you earlier but you were, you were going off on one and I, I loved it what I what I think what's good to point out to the listeners is that as you were speaking about that low point 
like you got a little bit emotional about it, which shows yeah, which was no, but that's that's what I fucking love. It shows that how much it meant to you, and then now yeah. how much it fucking means getting it back. Like it's unbelievable, and I'm sure the girls out there that are listening that feel lost. Well, here's a fucking example of someone who you've just described how you felt and you know now you're back to yourself but to having gone through it to to, to still to this day to talk about it to, to evoke that emotion um again it just shows the passion that not only shines in what you do but what the team j physique brand is and that's just passion about all things health and fitness right so i just thought i'd add that in that um it was just amazing to see you you'd be so passionate about it that it was it was class and that um you know, six weeks out, you had Optimus Prime and your partner uh, pull you back in, which is class. Yeah. Um, so I guess apologies for interrupting, but no, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna let you continue on in regards to you know what you'd done out of that as you were kind of crossing in and out that battle of wanting to push because like many competitors do this right, they finish their show and they go boom off season time. I'm gonna fucking ramp my calories up. I'm gonna I'm gonna start training hard and then they maybe they they do that for a day and then they binge and then they binge and they, you know, their Eastern's rock, rock bottom and they're binging and they're putting on 20 pounds in a week and they get really fat. And next thing you know, it's, and that's crazy. Um, like I never ever, like I had, that was what stressed me out because I actually went to Cal for coaching just short term because I knew that he was obviously like, he was someone I obviously really, really looked up to because I'd come away from coaching for a while just because I didn't feel I was in the right place. And I thought, well, maybe if I go, to someone else I think I was looking for a magical fix I, I needed someone who could you know take the bull by the horns and like fix me but I really had to fix myself because I realised that even going with Cal for coaching that he's so knowledgeable and he's absolutely insane at what he does as well I was it just it wasn't a coach I needed I actually probably needed therapy but I was just like no I'm not doing this I'm going to figure this out for myself and um and I, that was what it was. Like I just knew that I ha- as long as I knew, had the knowledge of what I had to do, it would make it. I always think that if you know why you're doing something, exactly why you're doing something, you'll do it. Yeah, I agree. And so it's just I had to figure things out because for some reason I had things pulling me, pulling up from, from things. From, everything just hit at once. It was so strange. Like because I was in this horrible dark place, like all my history of when I was younger, all the shit that I'd been through. I was coming back, it was all coming at me and I was just like, oh my god, this is overwhelming but I didn't want to go and talk to therapists because, because I didn't want to talk to someone that I didn't know about it, that didn't know me a lot of people say that helps I didn't try it, I'll be honest, I was going to and then I would just had this fear of talking to someone that I didn't know about this and I just didn't want to talk about it at the time, to be honest Like the only person I could talk to at the time was really like Joe or Cal like yeah. they were like the only two even my partner I didn't talk about I couldn't be open and honest with anybody I can talk about it now because I'm in such a better place but that moment in time when I felt like I was at rock bottom and I was trying to find my way out I couldn't talk to people I just had to like try and it was probably the wrong thing to do as well but at that moment in time I did just want to shut myself away and there was only so many people that I could talk to and would be open to having those discussions with and that helped obviously doing so but yeah like I say I just wanted to kind of figured it all out and, uh, and just like do that so for a period of time I started like because I've researched it I, like the whole no period now what book they talk about this thing going all in so what they talk about going all in is basically taking out you know your all your exercise and um, looking after rest recovery pushing calories up um, they put, give the example in the book of being on a minimum of 2500 but you're meant to eat to satiety but where I was at, I was terrified that I was going to go down this binge route. Like, I had been on a binge of six cycle when I was younger. And it was always, like, I'd have, like, a Sunday and I would, like, binge out or whatever and, like, eat all the foods because calories didn't matter. Obviously, I didn't know anything about calories. I didn't count calories in. I didn't know anything about calories. And it's, like, restricted through the week so, so much that I ended up binging. It became this cycle that a lot of people get into. Um, and I was terrified of going back down that route. So rather than being the person that went away and binge, like I would like go out for a walk to stop myself from overeating. And I'd be like, there's times like I'd be like, walking, like crying, like just because I was just like, I can't, I'm not in control of my, my myself right now. Um, and yeah, so their minimums were like 2,500. And I was like, whoa, I can't eat that much food. Um, 
and it was to stop all exercise. So I stopped my classes because I just had no passion for them anyway. Like I was meant to stand up there and I just couldn't kid on anymore like and put my instructor face on. So I stopped my classes and continued to do some CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> so I was slowly changing my habits. Um, so this is what they call as people going half in and then you realise that half in doesn't work. So I thought that maybe if I pushed my calories up a little bit more, still did some CrossFit to get like my fix, I'd feel better. And obviously it wasn't really working. I got my blood work done again. Um, and it, my estrogen was still pretty low. So then I made the decision, I just flicked the switch and was just like, right, no, like I need to just stop. So I, I was really... They say even weight training is a great area. Like, there's not enough studies and research. There's research all the way through the book of No Period Now What, which is great because it's such an evidence-based book. Um, but some of it, again, was just too much for me. Like, I was like, well, if I don't exercise, like, where's the barrier? Where's the where's the line? Because I know that I exercise, I exercise at the beginning for a lot of mental health benefits. So if I stop doing that, that's not beneficial for my mindset either, my stress levels. And obviously, we're trying to control stress here. So... I continued to weight train, but I scaled everything back. So I went for the minimums. I went for the 2,500 to start with. I actually jumped on a call with Nicola Rinaldi, who wrote the book, and she has suggested, because my step count was still significantly high as well as, and I was still weight training, she's suggested going between 2,700 calories to 3,000, which terrified me. Because I was like, when I was on prep towards the end, I was on 1,100 calories. But like a crazy high expenditure. See, you're like so, off season. How high do you go? Oh well, okay, I, maybe not off season, but like a, a push phase, a bulk phase. Yeah, so I I was never really great at that. I always probably went like two thousand max. The first one that I did with Joel when he just like took me by the horns the first time, we got my calories pretty high, but I gained quite a lot of body fat in that time as well. And I never, I, I just kind of wanted to set a nice kind of comfortable maintenance. So. I would say I was kind of like, I had a bit more calories on the weekends always because I like to kind of socialise a little bit more then. And then when I'm training more and I was doing lots of classes, I found it hard to get more calories in those days, to be honest. Just because I think because you're always like running about here, there and everywhere. You just don't get hungry. So yeah, I would always say like I was probably only averaging like 2,000 calories a week. But for someone with my expenditure, should have been way higher. Yeah, and easy. That's, yeah. So that's exactly, in a nutshell, why my period never ever come back, did it? Okay, yeah. So... Yeah, so then I just cut everything out apart from my weight training. I pushed my calories high, and I actually didn't really gain that much body fat at the start. But that was that to me was a positive sign because from the book and from the things I've read was if like a lot of people don't gain weight at the start because the extra fuel that they that then start to take in goes into starting up and these shut down reproductive systems and everything else. Um, so for a period of time nothing much was really happening and it was dead frustrating actually because I just felt like I was doing it all for nothing like my, even though my body weight wasn't increasing rapidly I was still looking a lot softer because I wasn't doing the same activity levels etc um, so I was really struggling with my change in physique um, cause, and I think obviously when you first gain weight back from a prep of any kind you don't look great when you're gaining weight and until things take a while to settle back down you just look a bit puffy and a bit inflamed you just you just look a bit shit and it's, <laughs> it's quite a tough time to manage but think... you expect like for anybody else listening on that, that feels that way like you will feel crap gaining weight back after you've been lean Do you... you don't it doesn't it takes a while to settle down sorry do, go on do you think that in that sense some females have this idea in their mind of I want to be lean all year round because I want to look good all the time. I've, You're talking to her. I've, I've got I've got this dress, you know, and I fucking want to look good in that at Christmas and then at Easter and then in the summer. Um, yes. Whereas, like, personally, I have no attachment to being lean. I fucking hate it. It's shit. I love being a little bit chubby Vaughn, right? That's what I'm going to call, you know, <laughs> walking about 115 kilos Vaughn. He's happy, right? Yeah. But I think that from my point of view is that what I see a lot of is you get clients that come to you, they diet down for their first show, and then after eight, ten weeks, they're like, oh, this is probably the hardest transformation. And then they send you the, this is my stage shot, and this is me now. And I kind of go, you look good now. It's just that you, you kind of walk around all yeah. all day like you did on stage. Um, so I just wanted to kind of interject, and do you think that, obviously you, you said that's you, but how common do you think that is to feel like, I bet there's a lot of females listening just going, yeah. Oh my God, yes, completely. 
Because I think as well, like I never, I think the comparison is the thief of joy. So I don't look at social media and compare myself to other females and other athletes. But I know that a lot of girls do because I obviously coach girls. Yeah. And like, what are you doing that for? Like if you're, if, so if you're following people that don't bring like content that you feel happy with, you need to stop following them because there is this like, I used to look at some girls who are like, oh, well, let's even give you an example. And not that we compare each other to each other at all, but everybody's so different. Your body is your body and it's relevant to you, right? So look at like Leanne Hurst, who I work with, who's also one of my best friends, okay? She can walk around, like she's a naturally genetically lean girl. She ha- she struggled to build muscle big time. But as me, I was overweight younger. I was like, I was quite chubby when I was a teenager. And I lost weight, etc. And I've, you know, and then that's where there's. I had a lot of barriers because I have this thought process and this fear of being overweight again, which has never happened. But I didn't know that. Like I just had this thought, like I wanted to be lean and I wanted to be the girl with abs all the time. Like that's all I wanted. Yeah. And then yeah. you start to realise as you become more educated, more knowledgeable, the more times you go through these processes, that you're not genetically disposed to kick around like that, especially as a female. Like even. I still didn't have a menstrual cycle and I lost my abs. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Your female physiology like and health and your genetics, your diet history, you know, all these things play a massive part in your body. And you have a body fat set point that your body wants to sit at more comfortably. And I wish I'd known that, you know, five years ago. <laughs> this would probably have been a lot, made me a lot more, yeah, things would have made a lot more sense to me back then as to what they do now. Um, and that's the thing, like, I have a lot more appreciation for a healthier body weight now and it, it took a hard, a hard lesson like naturally like you know what it took me to have to go through a really stressful horrible change in lifestyle for me to realize that what i was doing was i was fucking killing myself yeah. you know yeah 100 percent. now you got to the point where you said you upped your calories you stripped training back now yeah. when you did that how long did it take you from from that point when you know you had the call and you put your calories up. What was the time frame from then until last week? I didn't actually ask you that on the call, so can you give okay. listeners out there a wee time frame? Um, and did you do anything else in addition in that time frame to to help the process? Yeah, I did a few things actually. Um, so obviously I reduced down. There was no hit, no hit at all. Not allowed to put your heart rate up that high. So that's one thing I will say. Like I love getting a sweat on. I love jumping around like a crazy girl. But that wasn't allowed. So I would just did a lot of chill, like more like active things like walking. Um, I did my weight training and I just scaled it back. Like I wasn't going, you know, like I wasn't trying to push massive PBs or anything like that. Like I was still like keeping my strength as much as I could. Um, obviously to look after muscle mass, etc. But I wasn't, you know, going hell for leather and going to failure and stuff in the gym. Um, and I was just trying to chill myself out a lot more because it's, any kind of stress on the body, like as soon as that HP axis becomes compromised and cortisol is rising too high, etc., then that's a massive issue as well and a massive red flag. So I slept more as well. Like I stopped, like I was always getting up, I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning for classes and stuff. And I was still getting up like at like half five because, you know, I thought I had to. Um, <laughs> so I just made sure that, yeah, I definitely just looked after my like rest and recovery a lot more. Um, got trying to fix my hunger cues as well because I had managed to get to a place where I, I like I just switched those off. Like I just knew how to from my disordered eating pa- behaviors. I would say in the past, I also got really good at turning them off. So it was just about re-establishing like better habits and behaviors around food. Like I used to force myself to purposely go out for food and roughly calorie count it, but not be anal about it. And just start to relax a little bit and start to improve my behaviours around food, exercise, body image, um, and yeah, just try and just like stop stressing about silly little things. Can I just say there's one cl- of my clients who she'll know who she is. I don't need to name her. Just listen to what Carly said there. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just so, want to put that in, and she'll message me in like three weeks' time and be like. Okay, I'll 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 do that, but I just wanted to say it. That was all. Yeah, and I just yeah, I just wanted to get to a place where I started to think about like properly being happy with 
myself at whatever weight because I think that like I say based on a lot of things that happened in my life when I was younger I seeked like external gratification like because I didn't really come from like I think this is the thing where your upbringing can affect you so much in your later life that you just never realise be possible and and I think I just had a lot of things that I just had to deal with and rationalise myself with and just having taken like my time with it and just learned how to actually be a bit more chilled out has been like the best thing that I could have done like I just yeah like I say just keep my calories consistently higher even when I didn't want them like I wasn't hungry for them I felt like I was forced to feed in and that stressed me out like I felt like this I felt like I just wanted to get to a place where I could just feel not normal because I never wanted to be normal but I wanted to just one minute I was I'm either like restrictive like over here and then I'm at this point in the spectrum here where I'm having to overeat which wasn't comfortable either I just wanted to get to a place where I could finally find a middle ground that I could just like live my life and be more happy have better better brain function was the one that I knew I missed out something of a symptom from HA brain function it was shit like the only thing I could really do like I would sit and do my work and even at that like I'd have to take more breaks than normal and go for like walks to break it up or like listen to podcasts because my brain function was like just through the floor so slowly I started to feel these things picking up and then for, it was really strange because in August I felt myself I felt really crap again and I was like oh my god I feel terrible and it was exact same low depressive feeling again of my low estrogen um when I first started and I was like oh I thought well I'm gonna eat my blood I had already ordered like a Medicheck sample anyway for my estrogen so I thought oh maybe this will be a positive sign maybe it means there is something happening in the background and my hormones are picking up got my home levels checked again and they were even lower they were at the lowest I was like what the fuck Damn. like yeah so that was a really hard knock to take that really really like, it just felt like I was doing all this for nothing and um, so I have no explanation for that other than that maybe I was still stressing myself out by thinking about the process too much yeah. and to be honest the light bulb moment for me was going on holiday completely chilling out we were all inclusive normally on an inclusive holiday I'd be like thinking to myself okay well I better kind of watch my calories here here and here and I just chilled out and I just ate like what I wanted obviously like I had like a few drinks and stuff and spoke to Ryan more like and was just more open and honest because Ryan's quite like a simple guy he's an electrician has his own business just likes working going to the gym just likes to eat and get massive like he's got no attachments with being lean either like I look at him and I think that's so refreshing like I would have liked to have been like him when I was younger (laughs) And then uh, I wouldn't have been like in this situation. So I didn't always speak to him about it because he didn't really understand. And that was the way I seen it. Or I thought maybe he didn't want to understand. So when we were on holiday, it was nice because we had that time to just like chill out, reconnect a little bit more. Because um, I had been obviously a lot, like, been quite disconnected. Um, and I think just that and re- regaining clarity on what I was doing, a set, re- reflecting back on the process I'd been through already identifying what I was doing wrong in terms of stressing too much, having a good time on holiday, feeling more relaxed, came back, felt great, felt like I could just plug on with it, had little attachment with it anymore, body image just started to feel better, the way I felt just felt better, and then a few weeks, probably just, yeah, a couple of weeks, I started to feel like my, my, I had to like tender like boobs and stuff, and I was like, oh my God, what's going on? Like, I've never had this before. <laughs> And sorry, this is like totally too much information, no, but it was just all, something for hormonal it's fluctuation. Not, it's I was not like, oh, oh my god, what is this? Again, then never thought much of it. Obviously, took my first cycle last week. Was absolutely buzzing, and I've been sharing bits of my journey on social media and things. So that's why obviously you've seen that boomerang. <laughs> yeah, no, and um, yeah. So basically, to be classed as fully recovered, you need a three months cycle before you can be classed as recovered from HA. So it's early days, so I'm, nothing changes just yet. Um, I just want to keep it all kind of ticking along. Um, but like I say, like I just feel like so much better. I feel like I'm like Carly back. Carly's coming back. She sparkles back. I can have a laugh again. I don't feel numb. Like I feel happier. Like and I have chat. Like it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the listeners will know you've got chat from the last forty four minutes. Hundred percent now. Oh, sorry. I've like really went on. No, no. Listen, that's class. Now, I mean, I think what. What's a great point that I'm going to add, and I think that it'll lead us to the next point, is this, I mean, absolutely brilliant that you strip training back and that you upped your food. You know, you're, if people go listen to the episode with Luke, 
they learn about calories and mitigating cortisol, glucocorticoids yeah. and that, right? We talked about uh, pregnenolone steel. If that's too much of a big word, go back to that podcast, people, please. But what I'd want to say is that you started talking about it and it's often this subject of the menstrual cycle is something that I think is seen as like a taboo subject that women feel very much they have to keep to themselves and they can't talk about it because it's it's, it's something that people don't want to hear about particularly they think that guys don't want to hear about it and often like and you'll be the same as me right you'll get a client that'll come on board and maybe you're on a consult call or you're you're talking to them about a check-in and you mention like you'll say oh you're just in the late luteal phase of your cycle and we've seen this the past eight weeks of check-ins the same happens your weight goes up and they kind of go wait wait what what we can we can talk about and they say they'll say Vaughn you know when when I'm on my period I get you know I, say, I go I go to the bathroom more and you go you could just say that that's yeah. fine you know what I mean like <laughs> it's but, normal it's natural <laughs> yeah but but the thing is it's often seen as this this thing that maybe perhaps there's a female out there that she's like god i wish i could just have that sort of chat with my partner or my coach you know but i think your example of the fact that you just spoke to to ryan about it i think i think it's amazing but i think what i wanted to ask you your opinion of is why do you feel that it is seen it's seen as this taboo subject across you know the industry that that, that women can't speak about it do you think it's because of just social norms or do you think there's a specific reason that i you know i know like personally as a male when i was younger i didn't know enough about it yeah and, and, and I, my, my, it was always like you know if, if, if a girl was on the page like all right that's fine let's, let's not talk about it and it was brushed off but what about from a from a female perspective from your perspective why do you think it's a taboo subject i think people are quite embarrassed by it for some reason and also it's seen as like a kind of like oh, icky kind of topic, isn't it? Like people don't, like the thing is, I think like anything, knowledge is power. And people, like females, even at school, like you should be taught this stuff. Like you should be taught about your luteal phase, your follicular phase, ovulation. Like you're not you're not taught about anything like that. So you just kind of grow up and it's like a untalked about topic. But what I will say on that is I think, it's been spoken about more from what I can see anyway, or maybe it's just through what I've been through that I feel it is mentioned more, or maybe I just follow more people that do talk about these things now. But I do definitely see a shift and that people will talk about it now. And like, obviously I think you'll probably would have it as well, but even like in our forums, when people come on board and um, their parkours and questionnaires, like that is a question we ask because we, we, we want to know that stuff. Like, do you have a functioning micro- menstrual cycle regular and have you had issues within the f- past five years? That's one of the main questions that we ask and we check for on um, females coming on board because it is such a normal, you know, as soon as people start a diet phase, if people, so many people do start to have dysfunction with their menstrual cycle and that can, like, I've just, you know, identified, you know, how many problems that can that can cause for people. So I think there's definitely a shift in that now and I would like to see that continued shift and I think it's, like, that's why I've got no problem talking about it now. Because I just think it's people, I like that people, they can then resonate with someone and go, oh my God, I get that now. Or, you know, like this makes sense. Like you said, like when people are different phases of their cycle, like I ask clients all the time as well, like, well, where are you in your cycle? Like, what, what, where are we at? Where's your flow at? Yeah. And And I think that from a coaching perspective, if there is any coaches listening, I know there's many, like if you know the menstrual cycle inside out, particularly where your client is at in that menstrual cycle that bind that you have with them like that coach to client relationship is so strong because for some women who have maybe perhaps an emotional attachment to scale weight you know you sit you talk them through the physiological changes you talk them through okay this is the data we've collected and on the third week of your cycle you always gain two pounds and it's not fat it's not this magic fat that's we just you know put on you it's just happened it's water retention and then they kind of go oh that's fine so then they stress less and Mm -hmm. and all of what we've talked about that that's perhaps caused the problems for yourself is stress itself and the more you can reduce that as a coach by simply talking whether it's a coach or a partner or someone that you can just you know just say how are you feeling i'm feeling fucking shit why because 
fucking I'm on the toilet all the time because I'm, I'm I'm on Mensis or whatever. Like it's all right, and often like, and I don't know if you've had this. They'll often get your maybe a new client, and it's their first check, and maybe like three weeks in, they say, "Oh, Vaughn, just let you know it, it it's that time." And I'll say, "Just put it on the fucking checking sheet. Just put men straight in. Just put late late eel like that. That's okay. It's it's not a bad thing." Um, but that's good though if you have that relationship where you're already setting the tone and putting someone at ease to talk about that, then they're going to be quite upfront and open with you because they're like, oh, right, it's cool. I should be talking about this. Right, cool, brilliant. And that's just what that's what should happen in a coaching practice, I think. Yeah, but if I think back to um, Joe often calls me the kettlebell master, right? If I think back to those days, I had no fucking clue. And I mean, that was a time where I didn't do check-ins and you know, programs were about kettlebells and, and, and that was really it. But rather than me go off on a tangent about that, um, I want to ask you that, you know, now the cycle's returned, albeit not uh, a full recovery, as you said, but if, let's say, you get to that three-month marker, um, what are your plans? Whether it be for your physique, your coaching, or is it more, um, are your goals family-orientated now that it's returned? My goals for it are, like, I, I really struggle without a goal. So, obviously, I had this goal this year to do this, and this was a tougher goal than prep because prep, to me, is, like, easier because it's tough, but it's all about, like, you have an end date. I didn't have an end date for this. I had no idea how long this was going to take. Um, But, yeah, if I get my next two cycles back and they're regular, I guess I'd like to maybe just drop a couple of kilos and just like tidy up body composition again. Although I do feel like it looks a lot better anyway now that things have settled down. But it would be quite nice to fit my clothes again better. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, like I'm just like so like happy again that I just don't ever like I don't want to disrupt that right now. And I'm so like productive right now with my work. Like I just want to keep learning. I just want to keep like growing the business. Like, I just want to keep helping more girls, like, get fucking freaky strong. I want to get freaky strong. Like, and it'll be good to come from that place well, where I'm actually in optimal health. Like, because I've never been in optimal health. <laughs> so, I guess I'm just really excited to see what happens in the next few months with business and with the fact that I'm operating at the best I've done in quite a while. Um, yeah, I'm just overall, like, really excited. Family-wise, I'm... I need to get a ring first on my finger. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. No, I'm just kidding. I really have no idea like when we start a family, but I'm 33 now, and I just wanted to know that I could gain my menstrual cycle back so that I know that I can at least be on the path to that, to starting that when I'm in a position to do so, when we decide to. Yeah. It must feel quite empowering, having done all this yourself, and yeah. it's back. You know what I mean? It, I, can't, I, can't, I just still, I still feel like it's surreal. Like I still, like I could not believe it. Like it's such a straight, like it's such a strange goal to have. Obviously, for you to want to have a menstrual cycle back and having to put so much into it, and it be such a hard process. Like I honestly like can't put into words like how amazing it's been. Yeah, it's class, and everything that you just said in regards to how you feel now, um, it makes sense because estrogen itself is fairly anabolic right and can allow you females to train harder than us guys more frequently than us guys and like, this is what I'm, i want to get big strong <laughs> like ultimately be stronger than us and again yeah. I, I i use little clara as an example um a client of mine she's doing the british finals this saturday by the time this launches it'll, it'll be done um but you know she came and trained with me and steve um like i'm i'm an assisted assisted male and in regards to her body weight she did more than me pound for pound on the hack squat and I was just like bastard <laughs> and, and here's me like lying on the floor and she's just standing up yeah she's a little bit better she's ready to go again she's ready to do another set and I'm like yeah. no no Clara I'm <laughs> I'm done she was doing yeah well it's funny you should say that though because even like like obviously my menstrual cycle's never been fully op- op- operating but Joe hates training with me because like he'll be like that you look like you're going to die off and then you just start you just go you've always got like another 10 reps or something yeah you just kick her ass man just us females we're just freaks man yeah but then (laughs) that's what I often say like to a lot of the girls that I train I'm always like listen you can train harder than well 
I wouldn't say harder. I'm saying you can train more frequently and you can recover better. Take advantage of that. Because if if I could, I would, and I would I would try and get even more jacked. Not that I'm jacked right now, but I would try and get jacked. Um, but no, I just think that it's it's class that it's came back, and hence why I said congratulations. And I think it gives a lot of females that are listening hope out there that you know what, if they are going through everything you've described, it is normal, and if perhaps they are getting you know, we said fobbed off by, by the doctors, then they could perhaps contact you, learn, listen from this podcast, implement some strategies and then go from there. Of course, I think that book recommendation is awesome. They should get on that. But what I wanted to, to do to sort of as a, as a wrapping up is, could you, with, with that or anything else in your life, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've ever learned? And if there was anyone out there sort of listening, what advice would you give them from that? To stop fighting against your body and work with your body, I would say. Like, if you want to go through, like, a really cool transformation goal, like, that's amazing, do that. But don't think that getting abs or being lean and trying to hold that composition that isn't, like, positive for your genetics for your body weight set point like start to work with your body to establishing what's a healthy weight for you outside of the realm of you know getting lean like if you want to do a photo shoot that's amazing i learned so much in every single goal that i've done which has been amazing it's been a fantastic tool and it's been great for me for business for being able to understand my clients but just don't fight against your body and like try and force any places where it's not comfortable you need to try and find a place where you can be happy and confident outside of like being shredded yeah yeah bro and as a finisher for females out there that are in your shoes any advice for those girls get educated on it like education and understanding it was the best thing that I could have done because otherwise I wouldn't know why I was doing what I was doing and I wouldn't have been able to find comfort in some sort of strange way get your blood work done change your life around change your lifestyle factors to complement the goal of if you don't have a menstrual cycle and you're trying to get that back don't fight against it like you're going to have to go through this process but if, if you really want to get it back um but like i say like i just find that definitely like the research that i did on my own was um back, like was amazing like it just it taught me so so much and it made me realize a lot of things that i had did in my lifetime that weren't complementary to health um, and now I feel like I'm the strongest I've ever been. Yeah, I, I no, I no doubt will be even stronger here in the coming months. So, to wrap things up, could you tell the listeners um, who have perhaps not already went on Instagram and followed you uh, where they could find you, whether it's Instagram or website, and um, best place to get in contact with you? Uh, so our website is teamjphysique.online. Um, I'm on Instagram as Carly Malk. And I'm on Facebook as Carly Milk Fitness. Awesome. Now, for anybody listening, um, I would strongly recommend that you give Carly a follow. Um, as I said, even guys, she's probably more jacked than you are. Or girl, she's more jacked than your boyfriends. Um, but as I said, she is um, a, a branch of the tree from, from Joe and, and part of Joe's business. And I think that you can hear the passion in her voice talking about this subject but the word passion is something that I think is definitely something that represents the brand that you guys what you're all about and um, so I think just a, a thank you from me for coming on and, and probably extending a thanks from many females out there on sharing your journey experience it's a brave thing to do because as, as we said not many females would be willing to talk about it and be open about it but I think sharing your experience will hopefully have helped um, many women out there that are in yeah, their shoes and please 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 if you are in Carly's shoes uh, drop a message on Instagram is that okay that, that we get them to do that yeah of course it is um, and I'm sure she, she's more than willing to give you a bit of advice because I think one thing my final thought is that it's alright to talk and it's, it's, it's alright to, to you know to not feel like you're alone that, that this subject 
yes, you 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 done all the the right stuff with your food, with reducing stress. But you, on holiday, you said you enjoyed yourself. You spoke to your partner about it, and it and it gave you a sense of kind of like a weight lifted off your shoulders. And, and if people are more willing to do that, um, I'm sure you'll be all years. I'll I'll be all years and whatnot. But I think getting it sort of from a a female perspective, um, firsthand is is so valuable. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm no complete expert in this field. Like, I'm not like the peer girl. Like, it is just through my own experience and having researched it that I can offer, you know, some sort of hopefully some wisdom and help to and hope to other people. Um, but yeah, hopefully, it does help in some sort of way. Wicked. Right for everybody listening, from myself and Carly, wherever you are, whoever you are, and whatever you do, give it the beans.